thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you're, you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. And uh, we ask you, bring your faith. Right. I mean, exercise your faith. Expect to hear from God today. Yes. Expect that when the word is preached, that you hear, you hear answers for your own life. And you know, it's in the atmosphere of the word we hear. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. So it's a, it's a blessing for us to get to be able to be with you and thank you for joining us. We invite you to get your Bible, follow along with us and take notes. Amen. Uh, we've been looking at the subject of our authority and our dominion in Christ. And so we invite you, if you have not seen the previous episodes, go back and watch them. And um, we've been using as our golden text, a passage in the book of Psalm chapter eight. Go with me if you would. Psalm chapter eight and verse four. It reads, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made man a little lower than the angels. And the Hebrew doesn't use the word there for angels. It says Elohim, which is the word for God. So it's basically saying that God made man a little lower than himself. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. We're in the same class of being as God. Amen. Because being a spirit being uh, made in his image, that puts us in his class. And it says, and he has crowned man with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. I've been camping on this phrase with this. Thou madest him to have dominion. Yes. He made us for dominion. Yes. He did not make us to be dominated. It doesn't fit us to be dominated by the circumstances of life, by the difficulties of life, by the flow of Satan's kingdom. It does not fit us to be dominated by those things. And that's why when someone, listen, for a Christian, that's why if we're living in the wrong flow, our insides are so dissatisfied because that, that flow doesn't fit us. The flow of dominion fits us. And when I talk about our dominion and authority, I'm talking about using the authority that God has given you uh, in, in everyday life. When something tries to get out of order, you're authorized to hold it in proper order. Yes. Amen. Amen. But God can't do it for us. He is the one who has made us the custodians over our own life. Yes. He's made us the custodians over our own health. Yes. He's made us the custodians over our own prosperity. Right. Now, He's provided all of those things for us, health, provision, 
decision, it all belongs to us, but it's up to us to enforce it. And that's what it means when we're the custodian of these things. Amen. So we invite you, take your authority and use it every day. I said every day. Um, Smith Wigglesworth, who was an English preacher that was on the forefront um, in the early, uh, early half of the 1900s, he would make this statement, every day exercise yourself in faith and dominion. In other words, don't let a day go by that you're not using your faith, exercising your faith and releasing your authority and dominion over things that try to intrude into your life that should not be there. Things that try to interfere. Don't let it, just don't, don't be passive. Don't sit back and watch it happen but step up to that with your authority and your dominion. Amen. What's he really talking about? He's talking about a lifestyle of consistency. Just be consistent. Amen. Um, God said to me at one point, he said, there must be a consistent exercise of authority and dominion as a lifestyle to move into and bear fruit of the highest flow of authority. Now listen to this, the highest flow, meaning we can have a measure of that flow, but we want a great, the greatest measure of that flow, not just a minimal, minimal measure of that flow. And he was, he was using these words, consistent daily exercise of our authority and our dominion. Amen. And like I said, uh, no one can exercise it for you. Your dominion belongs to you. And God gave us dominion because he expects us to use it. And he gave it to us so that we can use it anytime we need it. We don't have to wait for him to tell us, hey, use your dominion. Hey, use your authority. He put it within our control so that anytime we need that dominion to work in our behalf, we're authorized to initiate the use of that dominion. Amen. Um, what we consistently turn to is what will consistently operate in our life. So if we consistently turn toward symptoms, turn towards the feelings of the body, turn towards the reasonings of the mind, that's what's going to gain expression in our life. But if we'll turn toward the word on the inside of us and draw on that authority and dominion that that word has given us, then we're going to have a whole different flow in our life. Amen. We determine the flow of our daily life. Circumstances don't. We don't, we can't determine what shows up against us always, but we can always determine the outcome. If we'll exercise our authority and dominion in the face of opposing circumstances. Amen. Um, It's through consistency that we will live a continual life of uninterrupted victory. You know, it's not to have victory for a a certain season of our life and then we're under it for the next season. No, to have uninterrupted victory takes a consistent exercise of our dominion and authority. Amen. Um, I would like to, I I wanted to tell you a little bit, well, just think of it. In in line with this word consistency is also um, this word of momentum. When we are consistently doing something, a momentum of that starts moving in our life. It can be a positive momentum or it can be a negative momentum. If we consistently worry, 
there's going to be a, it's going to be easier to step into worry the next time. But if we consistently use our faith, if we consistently turn toward our spirit, if we consistently exercise our authority and dominion next time, it's going to be easier to step into that because we have a flow of that moving in our daily life. Amen. Um, And so if there has been a flow, a wrong flow in your life that can be stopped. And you say, well, I tried to stop and it didn't stop. Well, there's some momentum even if we've let the wrong flow stay in place. And uh, just because that the, the momentum seems to keep going in the negative direction, that doesn't mean your authority isn't working. That means you're going to have to many times just keep exercising your authority until the momentum of the right flow comes into play. It's almost like, if you, have, you, have you ever taken a child to a playground and they're, they're on a swing? And what happens? They say, push. And you push them once, they say, no, I want to go higher. What is that? They're wanting you throw some momentum in that thing. Let's get on up there, right? You can't get them to the highest arc of that with one push. You, you have to push more than once. It's the same thing with your healing. It's the same thing with your victory, your peace. Just keep going that direction. And you'll see the flow of that just increase and increase and increase off that momentum of it. Now, if a child says, okay, let's say you've got them going full swing, baby. They're going full swing. <clears throat> and then they, they say, okay, that's high enough. You can stop me now. You can't just stop them with one cold, hard stop. You'll injure them. You try to come to an abrupt stop and their body's still momenting. <laughs> What do you do? You have to slowly start catching them and slowing them down. It's the same thing with spiritual flows is that there's momentum to things. And don't get discouraged if something doesn't come to an immediate stop when you exercise your authority. You just keep using your authority. And that thing that's been flowing in the negative direction, there will be a reversal. There will be a change. Amen. So we have to understand that because many times people get this idea that everything that comes from God is instantaneous. And uh, that's not always the case. I said that's not always the case. And so consistency is a vital key to uh, victory in every arena. I, I love I love something that one of one of Dad Hagen's story. Kenneth E. Hagen was our spiritual father for decades before he went home to be with the Lord, and he talks about you know how he was raised up off of his deathbed. He he was born with an incurable heart condition. He was deformed throughout his entire chest cavity. Uh, things were not in the proper place. Things weren't supposed. They weren't wired correctly. He also had a blood disease. He thought it was leukemia. Uh, it was never diagnosed as that, but from the description the doctor gave him, he, he believed it was that. Well, he ended up uh, on his deathbed at the age of 15. The day he went to his deathbed, he got born again. And from then on, he began, God began bringing him into the light so that he, the light of the word, and after 16 months, he was raised up off of his deathbed. Now, it didn't take 16 months for God's power to work. It didn't take 16 months for the word to work. It took 16 months to change the momentum of wrong thinking. 
Because see, he had, he had been trained and taught as a child growing up that healing passed away. He had been trained and thought that God doesn't heal anymore. So what happened, that kind of thinking gained a momentum in his life. So it took, it took a while for God to correct the momentum of wrong thinking. And once right thinking came into place, then of course things were changed. And little by little, God addressed things. Um, when he needed healing, that was his big need after he got born again. He saw his biggest need as healing. And the first thing God dealt with him about was not healing. The first thing God dealt with him about was a sin of worry. He did not even start revealing to him that healing was available until he dealt with him first about the sin of worry. Why? Dad Hagen used to say, he said his mother and his grandmother, who he lived with, were world champion warriors. World champion. Brother. If there's a category for that, they, maintain, they held that category. And Brother Hagen said, so I had been taught by the best to worry. He said, I laid on my deathbed and the doctors at first did not even explain to him what, what was wrong with him. And I'm not sure they even fully knew at first. But he said, I about worried myself to death just trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Wow. And see, he didn't even know healing was available. But God began dealing with him uh, out of Matthew chapter 6 uh, when Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Mm-hmm. And he said, so... That stood up to me when I read my Bible, Matthew 6 stood up to me, take no thought for your life. That means don't worry about your life. Don't worry. And he said, and that's all I was doing was worrying. He said, when you're on your deathbed and he was on there day and night, he said, you got a lot of time to worry. A lot of time. So God dealt with him first about that. Why did God deal with him first? He's got to stop the momentum of worry in his life because he had been in that flow. You get in the flow and the flow will carry you. Even if it's the wrong flow, it will carry you into further and deeper worry if you get in that worry flow. So he did not even know that healing was a possibility for him. And God started dealing with him about stopping the worry. Um, Why did he deal with him about worry before he dealt with him about healing that was available because worry closes the door to the power of God. The power, the healing power of God could not reach him as long as he was going to worry. Worry closes the door to God. Faith opens the door to God. But worry is nothing. Really, fear and doubt get together and they have an offspring called worry. That's where worry comes from, fear and doubt. And so he would lay there day after day, hour after hour in the flow of worried thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the door to the power of God is closed. Yes. Right. Why? Because that's not God's flow. No, not. That's not God's flow. Many times for people, they're trying to exercise dominion over the devil and, uh, regarding things in their life, mm-hmm. but they're worrying. Their dominion is not going to work right. Their authority is not going to work right because the door is closed with the power of God. And it's God's power that backs up your authority. So um, have you ever noticed when you're worrying, it's difficult to hear God? (laughs) Why? Because he's not heard in that flow. That's not his flow. Um, 
Have you ever had, I have this, I like this. <laughs> I call, I order something online and they deliver it to my house. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm a person, I like stuff. Yeah. I do, I like stuff. Yeah. I like gifts. So I will order myself gifts. <laughs> Who else in here? Come on. Who else in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, you, like, you like receiving something every day. Just go out every day and get a little bit of something. You order it. They deliver it. It's an amazing system. Just love it, love it, love it, love it. And, and they deliver it, and they don't bring it in your house. They bring it to your door. You have to open the door to get what you are, what's already been paid for. You have to open the door to take into your house what already belongs to you. It belongs to you because it's been paid for and it sits outside your door waiting for one thing. It's purchased. It's got your name on it. But it's waiting for one thing, the door to open. The door to open. Faith is what opens the door to what God has already made yours with your name on it and it's delivered to you. It's already been delivered to your life. It's already delivered. You're not trying to get God to deliver it. It's waiting on the other side of that faith door. Open the door, receive it. Amen. Worry closes the door. How do you pick up a package through a closed door? Can't. Can't do it. This is why God dealt with Dad Hagen about worry because although healing is the divine package that belonged to him, he, had, he couldn't get the healing to him as long as that door of worry was blocking access. So that's why he had to deal with the door first. You got to get the door that's closed, that worry has closed. You got to get that open because you can't be in faith and worry at the same time. So he dealt with him about that sin of worry. When Dad Hagen, the light dawned on him that, hey, uh, worry's a sin. Mm-hmm. Why is, really, Pastor Nancy's worry a sin? Yes, because uh, the word says, take no thought for your life. If you're taking thought for your life, you're disobeying the word. Yes. Disobedience is sin. Yes. And so when he saw that it was a sin and he made his commitment to God, Dad Hagen made the statement. He said, I was having three to five heart attacks a day during the time he was bed fast. And he said one of those heart attacks would come and he says, I would hold on to the wooden spindles of the bed. And he says, I would hold on so hard during that time because I was concerned I was going to die from it. He says, I would hold on to hold on to life, to keep from dying. And he said, I had held on so much that I wore the varnish off the the spindles of that that headboard. That's how hard and how often that had happened. But God began dealing with him about this sin of worry. So he said to God, he says, I commit to you that I'll never worry again about my body. Um, And then he would say to us, Dad Hagen would ask us, how do you know if you're worrying? Tell me. If you're thinking about it. 
Now see, that just nails our hide to the wall right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> we got, what we're thinking about yeah. is either opening a door or closing the door to yeah. God. Yeah. Opening the door or closing the door to the devil. Yeah. So he saw that this was a sin to worry. So he repented to God. He says, I, 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 I commit to you that I'll not worry another day as long as I live. Well, a heart attack came and he went to grab hold to keep from dying. And it dawned on him, that's worry. See, people don't recognize worry sometimes. That action was worry worried he was going to die. Yes. You get that? Yes. yes. So he, um, he said that moment, he said, I let go and said, if I die, I know where I'm going because he was born again at that point. And so he said, I'm just going to let her, let her go. He wasn't saying he's going to let his life go. He's going to let go that action, that, that worry action. I'm stopping that worry action. See, he had a momentum of that in his life. Uh Why? Because every time one of those heart attacks would come, he would take that posture. And he recognized that as worry. Mm -hmm. Let me me say this. Calling your kids all the time to check on them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to call and check on them to make sure they're where they said they were going to (laughs) be. That's called watchfulness. But out of fear that something bad is going to happen and you're constantly calling, constantly calling a spouse, watch the momentum of that. Yeah. Get, uh, pay attention to that because that, that, that action will keep carrying you into greater fear, greater worry. You got to stop these things. So Dad Hagen let go that day and he said, I'll never do that again. And when he let go, he said, I never had another heart attack. Think of it. When he quit responding in worry to that heart attack, the power of God was now open. See, he, he, the power of God could flow because faith opened the door when he quit worrying. See, worry kept the power closed. Excuse me, kept the door closed to the power. So the power to deliver him from those heart attacks couldn't reach him as long as he's going to do this worried action of holding on. Does that make sense to you? We need to pay attention to these things in our life because so many people would have never thought that's worry. Why are you holding on? You're afraid you're going to die. That's worry. So he let go and he said he never again had another heart attack. But yet his, his heart still was deformed. There were other things that were wrong in his body. God began giving him the light of that, that healing word. Now, um, when he quit worrying, now the power of God could reach his need. It could, and two, he could gain greater light of the word because it's hard to gain knowledge of the word in a worried mind. Yes. Yes. I, I made this statement. It's difficult to hear God when you're worried. Right. Why is that? As I said, worry closes the door to the power of God. Have you ever tried to talk to anybody and listen to them through a closed door? <laughs> you can faintly hear something sometimes, but depending on how 
thick that door is. You may never be able to understand or you, you just hear a muffled sound, but you can't articulate, you can't hear articulated words. God does not stop speaking. Worry closes the door so it interferes with our hearing. God's always working with us. God's always endeavoring to lead us into more. His word is always speaking to us, but worry keeps a barrier in between us and that and what he's saying and what God's saying to us. So we have to learn this. I said we have to learn this. So um, Dad Hagen, now notice this, he had been in a momentum of worry for a long time. But once he committed to be a doer of the word, cast his cares on God. If you're not going to worry, what you're going to do? Well, the word says casting all your care on him for he careth. Meaning this is as long as it's in his hands, he works on it. But as long as it's in your hands, he can't work on it. It's in your hands. How do you know if it's in your hands? If you're worrying. If you're worried, you just took, well, you say, well, I gave it to God last week. Yeah, but if you're worried today, you took it back. Give it back to him. And if you're in the practice, the momentum of worrying, it may take you a few days to get that momentum of worry stopped and you go, no, I'm giving it back. I'm giving it back. I'm not taking it back. I'm giving it to it. Amen. And so Dad Hagen did that. He, he, he stopped that momentum of worry in his life. Why? By putting in place the momentum of believing, yeah. believing that God was working. Then God began to deal with him about the truths of healing. Yes. He had heard when the last apostle died, healing passed away. Well, is that true? I don't know because the last apostle is not dead. Jesus is the first and the last. <laughs> That's what Revelation says. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. <laughs> so healing's not passed away with the last apostle because the, the last apostle still alive. And he is the last. <laughs> Amen. So all of these things, wrong doctrine that he'd been taught, put him in a momentum of not being able to receive healing But when the light came, it changed the momentum of wrong thinking. When the light of the word came and he held to that word, then it started changing the direction of his thought life. When his thought life started coming in line with the word, then his faith would work right. He was on that deathbed for 16 months before he was raised up. Did it take God 16 months? No, it took 16 months to change the momentum of wrong thinking. Amen. Amen. But it can be changed. Just stick with it. If you've been thinking wrong, been believing wrong, just keep pouring in that word. It'll change the momentum of the way you were raised in wrong thinking or the way you were taught in wrong thinking. Thank God for the word. It straightens out our thinking. Amen. And right thinking opens the door to God. Right thinking closes the door to the devil. Wrong thinking opens the door to the devil and closes the door to God. So thank God for the right thinking of the word. Amen. We're so glad you you were able to be with us today. And until next time, you don't want to miss it. But until then, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.